welcome to my first podcast, an introduction to philosophy through the study of ethics. Ethics, I think, might just be the most important branch of philosophy for you to study. Whether you know it or not, and this is a point I will return to later, you make ethical choices or actions which have ethical consequences, ethical implications, not only daily, but perhaps many times per day. For the most part, we drift through life on autopilot. We make choices and actions without thought, based on our upbringing and culture. This autopilot is rather like driving a car. I can drive a car to the university, passing through several sets of lights, signaling, making turns, and parking, without exerting a lot of conscious effort. While driving on the highway, I just sense that I'm traveling at the correct speed, or close to the correct speed. Most of us travel through life on a similar autopilot. An autopilot for ethics, perhaps. When was the last time you made a deliberate ethical decision? If you asked me, I I might think of the stressful decision to put down my old dog. I've done this a few times before, and I have to admit it, it hurts deeply to say goodbye to my canine friends but I weigh the pros and cons, the pains and the pleasures, and and act. Big decisions like that are pretty easy to recall, and if I think about it more, there are smaller events that would pop up. Certainly in April, it was becoming clear that, that masks would help reduce the spread of the COVID virus. I had a mask, but it was it was really annoying to me. My glasses fogged up, the elastic hurt my ears, Now I could see that most of the people were ignoring the call to wear a mask. So, do I fit in with the crowd? Or do I do what's right? Yeah. So even though I would be one of a small number of people, I made an ethical choice to wear the mask. I think most of the people who were not wearing masks uh, did so on autopilot. I really doubt they sat back and pondered the ethical pros and cons of the action. They probably never even gave it a thought. This is the point that I made at the beginning. You likely do many things during the day, whether you know it or not, which have ethical consequences or implications. Life just hums along smoothly until someone or something throws a spanner into the works. If you hear on the news that your favorite chocolate bar or your your favorite piece of clothing is made by enslaved children, does it make you pause for thought? If it does, what kind of thoughts do you apply? What principles do you apply to decide whether it would be ethical or not, right or not, to go and support the company with a purchase? How does your thought process work? What are your principles? That's really the essence of this course. We want you to think about how and why you make ethical choices. Are they rational? Do you have justification for it? If so, like what? Just for example, if I think about my 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 dog, I was thinking about the pain the dog was in and the pain I would feel for, about, by putting it down, actually. I weighed up the pros and cons, the pains and the pleasures, and I decided that on the balance, it would be best to put the dog out of, out of its suffering. And that's utilitarian. That would be John Stuart Mill, which I will 
argue is one of the dominant forces of uh, Western culture. My point really is that all of us go through life making ethical calls. Well, this is good. That's bad. That person's evil. That person's kind. But why? What justification do we have in our own minds to make these claims? And it seems to me that we often don't really justify them. We just we just do things. We just make the calls. And if Socrates were here today, he would poke us just like he poked the Athenians. Oh, you think that's just? You must know what justice is. You think it's unjust? You must know what justice is. That person's courageous. Oh, you know what courage is then, I suppose. Oh, this would be a very pious act. That would be a very unpious act. Oh, cool. You must know what piety is then. Tell me. And it turns out that all these people who claim to have knowledge, claim to know what is good or just and right and wrong and evil, they, they don't really know what they thought they did. The point that Socrates or Plato is really making in these dialogues, these early dialogues, is that a person will, won't even start to do philosophy until they realize that they don't know what they thought they knew. We face a challenge and go, you know, I really don't know why I say this was just. How can I justify it? That opens the door to doing philosophy. This point really opens the door to Plato's dialogue, the Euthyphro. And in this uh, dialogue, we will encounter Socrates having a chat with a fellow named Euthyphro, who thinks he knows a lot about religion. He knows what is pious. He's taking his father to court. He's so convinced of his knowledge. But after chatting with Socrates for a while, it becomes pretty clear he doesn't know what he thinks he knows. In this case, his reaction is one of anger. And that was actually that is actually a fairly typical reaction for people when they if they're challenged in their beliefs and they suddenly think that they might have egg on their face, they become defensive and angry. But this is a, a unique opportunity for you as a, as a viewer to imagine yourself in the position of Euthyphro. And what would you do if you follow his chain of thought and you follow the chain of thought of Socrates and you realize that you don't know what you thought you knew? Maybe when you call something just or unjust, you can't really support it or justify it. And you wonder how. But you want to. You need to. We need to call things just. How can we do it? That will be the start of philosophy. I should say something about this particular branch of philosophy we call ethics. Ethics in general considers well, the concepts of right and wrong, the idea of good and evil, or how we ought to live, even what the uh, good life is. Does anyone here want to lead a bad life? If you do, uh, we need to talk. Primarily, this ethics course will be theoretical. Can we create comprehensive theories to justify making the claims of right and wrong, or how one ought to live, or what constitutes the good life? Of course, theory by itself is, is just empty, so there is a practical aspect as well. The practical aspect is often called applied ethics. How do we make use of the theories? A course in applied ethics might really focus on 
specific topics such as abortion, premarital sex, euthanasia, capital punishment, LGBTQ rights, civil disobedience, and so on. The, the list is endless. But applied ethics must be secondary to theoretical ethics. Otherwise, we just have boring, pointless discussions. I might believe A, B, and C. Maybe you believe in E, F, and G. Well, who cares? Philosophy demands reasons. I need to give justification for my thoughts. And so do you. These justifications of our ethical claims is what we will examine in the theoretical side of ethics. First of all, we'll look at the ethical theory of utilitarianism. Utilitarianism takes as its starting point the importance of consequences. When we think we're doing actions, we should think about the potential consequences and make some evaluations about that. This is a very British approach, and you'll see the philosophers of Bentham and Mill have been very influential in, say, Western civilization generally, but in particular, the British civilizations. Then we'll look uh, at a contrasting view. This one thinks we can't look at the consequences of actions. We need to think about the act itself. Is it right? Is it, Do we have a duty to, to act in a certain way? These are called uh, deontologists. Deontos is the ancient Greek word for what is rightful, what is right, binding, what is necessary to do. And Immanuel Kant, in his groundwork on metaphysics of morals, will argue for this position and argue why we should not think about the consequences. Finally, we'll look at a, an approach to ethical philosophy that doesn't involve thinking about the, the nature of the acts or evaluating the consequences. Rather, it wants to focus on hmm, the people, our character, what we're like. We need, to, we need to be virtuous, and we need to follow the examples of other virtuous people. We can look at examples and say, you know, that's what they, that person would do here. Maybe I should do that. If you don't have an ethical character, your, ethic, your actions won't be ethical. So the, the development of an ethical character is first and foremost the goal. What does it mean to be ethical? What does it mean to be a good person? This is a very classical line of thought, but it still applies today. And I'll have some examples of people applying it, for example, in uh, environmental philosophy. So that's really the course material in a nutshell. We'll look at three different theoretical approaches to justifying our ethical actions, decisions, and we'll hopefully try to apply these in specific cases. Well, that's really all I wanted to say by way of introduction to this course. We'll be looking at the three, uh, three very important ethical uh, theorists, uh, Mill and his utilitarianism, Kant and his deontologicalism, and Plato with his introduction to virtue ethics. Well, and I'm going to sneak in the Stoics as well, as an example of virtue ethics. And that will wrap things up. I will have other podcasts as well on side topics and issues that may come up, the, the role of uh, religion in, in morality, or perhaps um, ethical relativism, 
or if you have any thoughts or questions that you would like me to respond to, drop me a note, leave a comment, and uh, I might make uh, another podcast just to answer that. So thanks for listening. Please subscribe so you can get updates on the the next episodes. And if you're interested, you can have a look at my uh, YouTube channel, Academic Dabbler. Well, I will have some video content to uh, support the class material as well. Bye for now. Thank you.